0: Welcome into the PFF NFL Daily. Sam Monson here. No Steve Palazzolo; he's in team meetings, locked yeah. in the hotel, right. talking to all 32 NFL teams. So we got Deontay Lee,
1: co-host of Two High Podcast. Yes, yes, man. Glad to be on. I know we, we got to talk a couple times throughout the season. Obviously, I had a little discussion about Trevon Diggs. Right. Glad to be here. It's my first Combine, and you know because I work remotely, my first time really kind of bumping in all of you guys. So it's been a fun process so far.
0: Yeah, first time meeting in person. So yeah. because it's your first Combine, that's what I wanted to. Hit up in terms of uh, this this podcast. Let's talk a little bit about what the whole experience is like because it's one of these weird massive NFL media events, and the it's so funny because they're talking about moving this thing on the road, and maybe right. this is the last year in Indy, but. It's the one place where you will bump into every single human being involved in the NFL in some way, shape or form right. throughout this week. Right. And that's why nobody's sleeping, everybody's out at the bars late at night, bumping into like, you know, Jack Del
1: Rio and right. everything like that. What do you what do you make of the week so far? Well it's funny, you know, last night being my first night in That was my first takeaway is like you hear about all of these things, you know, kind of getting into the sports media world where you get to run into all these people or everybody congregates to the same kinds of places. And then you see it and it's like, wow, okay, so now that I have a visual for what that looks like, like this is actually what feels like the entire NFL in a bar, you know, or in a room or in a hotel. So that part has been kind of, it's been exhilarating for me, you know, and it's, I think it just kind of tells a story of a change in perspectives, right? So going from being a player, you know, in, in college, watching the combine and thinking about like, okay, how would I approach this? Or I wonder what this would be like, what that experience is like. And then breaking into the media world and you can only see what you can see. So I don't have, I didn't have a frame of reference for what all of this stuff might look like. But, you know, flying in, meeting with all of you guys, kind of going through what our itinerary is, being here, you know, seeing the people that I've seen so far, shaking hands and getting more familiar with people who work in our industry, people who work you know, for these franchises. It's been a great process so far, man. And, you know, I I can't wait to continue on and see what the rest of this week looks like.
0: And because Indy's so small, it, it really is like the whole NFL is in, like, three bars. Right. You know, if this was in a different city, which it, it sounds like it's going to be, um, it's not going to be the same because just other cities are going to be bigger, right? right? So if it goes to Dallas or if it goes to Vegas or whatever, not the entire NFL isn't going to congregate in the same three bars, right? Right. There's going to be way more options and choice than that. You're not going to have the same experience of being able to literally accidentally bump into a GM or, you know, a head coach or an elite player. Like I saw Alan Robinson get out of the car yesterday, roll into the hotel. Right. Everybody's here. And the reason that's important is not just because, you know, for guys like us, it's kind of cool, right? Seeing those people. But that's where a lot of the... Deals or yes. the conversations yes. or just the important FaceTime between people in the industry happens, right? right? And, and that
1: there's value to that for everybody, right? I mean, you 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 know, you think to like all those times where somebody might tweet out a picture or a little statement or like, "Hey, I just saw such and such in personnel here talking with this GM from these two different teams. I wonder what that conversation is right. about." And then maybe two months later, we get news of some transaction that's in the works, and you can kind of tie these things back together. So there is legitimate value, tangible value and being in a place that's as centralized as Indianapolis, you know, basically this entire compound in in the surrounding areas is very well constructed for what you're talking about in terms of everybody being in close proximity. And it's not just on that end. It's also for us, you know, working on the media side, being able to speak with others who may work for different companies or publications, people who work through these team sites. And there's a value in the sharing of information that happens there as well, right? You can kind of get an idea for how teams feel about this process in general or what they're here, what kind of information they're hoping to leave with in terms of the players. That they might be really interested in evaluating, you can get some interesting early information through like the team interview process with some of these prospects as well. So there's some real value in all of that. In you know like like I was saying, I mean I'm interested to be able to continue meeting the people who are around here, speaking with you guys and you know some of my other colleagues, and really getting a feel for what that whole world is like. Um, one of the questions I had for you, you know, particular to the combine and the evaluation piece of it. For these prospects, what do you kind of maybe discard out of hand, or the things that maybe don't rate as much for you through this process? And then, what for you are you very like finely tuned on? You know, being able to witness, or that you're trying to see, or draw, you know, your own conclusions from.
0: Yeah, that's what I wanted to get onto. We kind of get to the the actual player workout part of this whole thing, and it's another part that's that's pretty fascinating if the, this moves right because mm-hmm. i think there's value to the consistency of what we've been talking about not just of hey it's the same field every right. however many years and ever the same environment but the same setup of everybody rolling in doing the same kind of structure this year is kind of interesting because they moved the workout time right so it is a different process it's right. not and, and nfl agents you talk to think that's a good thing right mm-hmm. because before these guys were getting up at 5 in right, the morning they were the going line. to do their meetings they yep. were doing their medicals the whole thing and then like late in the afternoon now we're like, asking now them to run right yeah. now after you've had your 5 more you know 5 a.m. workout your mri everything right. else now go run a 40 Right now it's late at night and they get a chance to sort of go back have a nap have a, have some food whatever mm-hmm. agents actually think that's a good thing um, to me the combine and the measurables and the workout numbers it's it's about thresholds yes. right it, and i think that's the thing we've learned from pff grades when i was just doing a podcast talking about this where you know we started grading college in 2014 that was our first season of the fbs mm-hmm. we didn't know what it meant like right. we had this right oh, we got all this grading now what does that mean for the draft like right. should we be pushing all these guys with high grades mm-hmm. should we ignore you know the the consensus big board is mm-hmm. that just crap that everybody has come to you know is it the emperor's new clothes kind of stuff Uh, and over the years as we've seen how these guys translate we've started to get a better feel of like what that balance is and you know you don't just push everybody with like a 90 pff college grade Mm -hmm. right because there are guys that are going to dominate in college that simply don't have the athleticism Mm -hmm. to get it done at the nfl level it's Mm -hmm. a different world yeah and then equally so i think those are the, the things where you look at these measurables and you say all right who do we take off the board because they just they just don't have it like right. that guy at that size or that weight or that speed? There's just it just doesn't function at the yeah. NFL level because you don't run into a. You know, you don't run into like a Mac 10 or a Mac, like a, a Mac um, right tackle. Right. They're just not built the same. Right. right. You're going to run into Orlando Brown Jr. Mm-hmm. And it's a different world. Like right. even just even just in terms of size, right. just a, visually it takes a while to see. run around that right. guy, you know. Exactly. exactly. So I think those are the big things. And you see a lot of people tweeting these out. That you know, here are the guys that have fallen above these thresholds or mm-hmm. below these thresholds in the last twenty years, Right. and I so that's what you're doing is you're looking at a guy and you're saying, when does a number come up that's a red flag, mm-hmm. and then what do we need to do about that? I think a lot of them are going to be simply removing that guy from the board and saying, mm-hmm. you know what, he might be a good player. But it's, it's not a risk worth taking based right. off the historical data set. And then another thing is going to be, all right, that's a weird number. Let's go, Let's back, go back to the tape right. and work out why. And see if you can see it in the tape now that you know it's a weird number. Mm-hmm. So I think that, to me, is where the Combine stuff is valuable. It's it's using it as a check for your process, taking names off the board and then when a weird number shows up, going back and finding out and seeing if you can figure out why. Right. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code PFF, bet just $1 on any NBA team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code PFF at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or over, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
1: That's kind of the way that I'm looking at it, too. Obviously, this being my first time here is, well, A, what you're saying, that is the real work of the combine, right? It's figuring the guy, figuring out which guys you need to eliminate yeah. from your evaluation process. Across be, the board, right? right? Whether it's workouts, whether it's medicals, whether interviews, it's the interviews, the whatever thing, the case may be. That's what the combine is there for, exactly. is like eliminating players. Exactly. And then from there to your second point of, okay, well, if this guy's borderline in terms of these athletic thresholds, then we do need to go back and look and say maybe it's a G five or FCS guy. Well, how much film do I have of them playing up against other like NFL style of competition? So now I have some frame of reference to work off of because you know one of the things that it's easy to fall in love it's easy to fall in love with the guy who maybe plays at the G five or FCS level where they're just blowing by everybody, but in games where they're playing up against someone else or teams that play with more guys that might be of NFL athletic caliber if he just looks like just another dude. Well now does that Mean that he's undraftable? No, but it might change where you have him slotted versus maybe another guy who goes to a larger, a larger university who looks like another one of those guys. And that—that's where, like, again, the tape is going to show you some of that, right? Like, mm-hmm. I always think
0: to a guy like Cooper Cup, right? Mm-hmm. Who didn't didn't have a great work at didn't run incredible numbers didn't right. you know was a four six or something yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't fast Mid four six or something and like that small yeah. school usually against pretty crappy composition you're like of course he's putting up huge numbers right. but every time he stepped up and played a pac 12 team right he lit he them on fire up. Right. right and one of the most amazing college games i've ever seen was mm-hmm. him torching oregon for like right. 250 yards right. and you're like okay every time that guy stepped up and faced better players mm-hmm. he looked better right. he didn't even just look the same he looked right. better right. so that's when where you're saying, yeah, like, okay, the numbers are fine. It's, mm-hmm. We're not getting excited by them, but this is the important thing. Right. right, You can see that when he faces these
1: better players, he's able to continue to dominate. Right. So another question I have for you, um, is there a particular position group that just in general has the most to gain from their performance metrics that you can find at the combine or the most to lose? I would like to hear it from both ends.
0: I think it's, it might be the same position. I think corners mm-hmm. is a good, is a big one. Like if you, a slow run corner is basically off the board yeah, right. for
1: everybody. Right.
0: A lot of teams start eliminating those guys just from the height and weight and, and length measurables. Like, right. And and that's relevant this year, right? Roger McCreary, tiny, mm-hmm. short arms. Right. Um, McDuffie, short Another guy. short guy. There are yeah. teams that have those guys off the board already before right. they've done a thing, right. just based off those traits. The fact that he's not long enough, he's not tall enough. Mm-hmm. We're done. We're not mm-hmm. in. Um, and then equally, I think corners that run blazing fast, whether it's right or wrong, those guys get inflated up draft boards, right? I mean, it's it's valuable, it sure, valuable. but it's not. It is valuable, it's not the end all be
1: all, yeah. But it
0: is valuable. It's definitely useful, and it, yeah. it can make up for a lot. But I think teams probably overvalue that. So yes, I think corner I generally can go either way. It's right. a it's big for them. I think edge rush is another one. Right? Yeah, those guys. It's another one of those position groups where the more we learn, the more we realize. You know, there is something to this idea of like if you're built like Miles Garrett, mm-hmm. it chances. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard right. for
1: you, hard for you to fail. It doesn't mean that you'll be a superstar, right. yeah. but it means that it's much harder for you to fail. Like and you see those videos of Miles Garrett like box jumping
0: out of the gym or when right. went and played basketball, basketball and just like right. throwing dunks down on people. Exactly. Like there's something to that. Like yeah. if you're not that level of athlete, you're you have a harder job blocking that dude. If, he's, if he's as technically good as you are, you're screwed because right. he's
1: better than you are as an athlete. Right. So, so yeah, edge rush is a good one. I'm with you, yeah, I was gonna say edge rush is probably the one just because over the years as we've continued to accumulate some of these measurables, it just becomes clearer what you have to do or what within what standard deviation or what threshold you have to meet in order to really be considered that NFL level of athlete. So, you know, your 10-yard split, your three-cone, which we know to be a really big deal. Um, You know, I think about just the bigs in general because on the offensive line, you think about the short shuttle. You know, we we found a lot of data, I think, over the years that kind of suggests that if you can hit a certain threshold, it doesn't mean that you're going to be an all pro, you know, perennially, but that you'll probably be a starter level athlete, yeah. right? And then you can go back and see, like, do you have the technique that's required in order to play this position at a high level from there? So that's the biggest thing for me. I think the bigs are the guys that I'm usually looking at, and then for in terms of eliminating guys are the people who have the most to lose. Like you said, DBs, you know, if you're a sub four five or sub four 4'6 um, defensive back, you've got a good chance of being a good player, but if you're anywhere above four 4'6, you know, it's going to be really difficult for you to rate on anybody's radar in the NFL just because of what we ask these guys to do in coverage, you know, in terms of playing man and having to deal with these high-level athletes, even if they're not the greatest receivers in the world. There is something to be said for the fact that you do have to keep up with guys. Now, I do agree with you that running a 4-3, again, that is not the end-all be-all because there's just more to the position than that. But like you were saying, you have to be able to exist within whatever this hard-line threshold um, that we have set for these athletes, because there is something to be said for being a pro athletically that you just does not exist at the college level.
0: All right, that's going to do it. We're going to get back to the Combine. Thanks a ton, Deontay, for showing up. This has been the, uh, the PFF NFL Daily.